Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have Sinn Féin counsellor, author, and Irish MMA OG, Paddy the Hooligan, Hoolahan. Paddy, how are you doing? Cheers, boys. I thought you were going to keep going there for a second. Uh, well, I've been, I, I've been known to give better introductions than Buffer, so, you know, I try my best. We've been racking them up, in fairness. Uh-huh, well, we do try, we do try. How are you getting on, Paddy? Good man, just in this madness like uh, like everyone else. I think um, strange place for the world to be, isn't it? But uh, it's a it's kind of a it's kind of a nice place as well. I won't say that in a in in a, in a way that like I've seen so many nice things happening. Um, people stepping forward, neighbors helping each other. It's kind of like the world stopped, and now people are like waving at each other and you know nodding at each other in the streets and stuff like that again. So uh, there is like a positive side to it, the freezing of the world. But um, yeah. I think you can sort of look for a positive outlook on anything. I think, you know, it shows what people really care about, you know, their social media and stuff is probably a little bit less important and, like, those closest around you are that bit more important. Um, obviously, Paddy, you're you're a counsellor in your local area, so people probably look to you in these times of trouble. So what's it like in your area and what's the community feel at the moment? Um, we have to say, we're blessed with a, with a good community always. Uh, they all, like when the snow comes around and happens, everybody's always out giving each other a dig out. So um, I'm kind of I'm kind of blessed like that, you know. So it kind of seems like everything is, has been going well around here, to be honest. Um, we've, we've helped a few people, obviously, with advice on um, when they lost their jobs and social welfare and all that kind of stuff, helping people get forms, printing. I've actually had to print up in my house, stuff like that as well. So I've been printing forms and giving them to people and... You're just kind of doing what you can do, you know. But um, at the time like this as well, it's, it's you're limited in a way that we're all trying to avoid by the, the, the rules and stay inside the houses and, uh, and and limit contact with people as well. But um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what's been going down at the, at the moment. No, brilliant, Paddy. Um, Paddy, I don't want to go all politics with you, but I do I do have a question. Obviously, Sinn Féin like, won the general election by a landslide. Like It was one of the best voting uh, outings, I think, that's ever happened in the country. Like, First preference votes like off the charts. Just question for you. Um, Leo Varadkar is now getting a lot of praise now with the current ongoing. Do you think that um, because there is no government in power that you know Leo Varadkar has a chance of uh, retaining the seat? Um, I think uh, perception has a as a as a huge part in the world, and um, the access to be able to broadcast that as well is is massive. And I don't think it's um. Uh, I'm not telling any stories if it was mm. to say RTE were a bit biased to, to Sinn Féin during the election and I haven't really seen any other um, parties on the national broadcasts um, we've we've seen ministers that, that lost their seats um, uh, addressing the nation and stuff like that so um, to me I don't know it's just kind of observing it from, a, from, from afar now and um, People are starting to wake up a little bit. Social media is helping people to wake up and um, they're starting to make their own minds and link the lines and stuff like that together. So uh, the story will, will, will be told. Um, some media outlets, I actually heard a media outlet, um, they wrote the other day, um, Mary Who, um, about, about Mary Lou MacDonald, which was like very disrespectful. The, the woman is, is sick. You know, so She said that. She, she posted on her uh, Instagram if I recall rightly, her son's school was the first school to come down with um, coronavirus and, and she yeah. had to, to isolate at the start. So um, I think it's pretty clear when so when uh, media outlets are taking and uh, making fun of people like that while they're in situations like that, it uh, shows no empathy, uh, yeah. shows disrespect. And 
Um, I don't think you would see that going the other way. So, and if it did go the other way, you would you would definitely hear about it. So, um, I think there's definitely um, the everything that that has happened has been said by Sinn Fein um, before it has happened. Uh, probably days uh, a few days actually too late. Uh, to me, but um, well, I won't, won't fault the government what they're, what they're doing. Um, they, they, the right calls have been in, we're ahead of most countries, um, the numbers are looking good. So, um, but I think after this, what they should have did, in my own opinion, should have everybody should have created a national party, we should have had true unity. And um, I believe the word unity was used in the same sentence as except, I don't think that works. So, um, we should have united everybody together solved this problem, shook hands, and then maybe went back to the ballot boxes after this. That would have been my, um, that's true, the true doc, uh, democracy that would have been. Um, I think it's a shame if two parties go off to the side now and have a discussion in, in the middle of a crisis and form a government for the next five years. Um, I don't think that's fair on the Irish people, and, uh, but that's just my opinion. Oh, I'd actually appreciate what you Paddy, and I think, I think that's what they are doing uh, behind closed doors, uh, and I, I don't think it's right. The people vote one way, you know, the people should be given what they want. But look, you know, I mean, you go down the political avenue and everyone has their two cents to throw in there. Um, Listen, the ball was around the way it is. Not careful here tomorrow, you know? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Paddy, we, 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 won't, we won't get you in any trouble. We won't get you in any trouble. The newspapers in any way. these days, so um, loads more people are watching the news. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here, Paddy, I have to admit, like, I, like, I love your passion for it as well. And I can see you're really helping the community as well. It's a great thing to see. Um, do, well, this all obviously came from uh, becoming an MMA star in Ireland. Um, can you bring us back to the beginning of your MMA career, please, Paddy? Um, all them words, them star words and all that, celebrity and all that, that still kind of gets me a little bit. I am literally... Um, we just a little uh, a red a red fella from Jobstown that just that just went for it, you know. We always had lots of energy and um, it was lots of interests in all different types of sports. Um, but when I found jiu-jitsu and martial arts, kind of when I found that little that camaraderie um, uh, in that, I, it was like finding it's like I say in my book, it's like finding a, a family that we I wanted. I wanted that that to be able to express loyalty and passion and empathy into all of them things that we feel that we have in abundance. Yeah. So, um, but the thing about them, sometimes you can put them, you can give too much of them, you know what I mean? And you can be, you have to be very careful. I'm learning that as an as, as I get older because uh, it can drain you energy wise, you know what I mean? Creating relationships and stuff like that and giving so much to them that sometimes when they, they, they disappear, and I would have had lots of um, lots of relationships that are not as close anymore, and, and some people that I wouldn't have been as close to that I'm even more closer with now. So, um, I'm learning more as an adult, but when I first started off, I fell in love. That was it. I found Jiu Jitsu and um, that was it I just I, I knew I was going to do it I was driving home and I remember saying to my friend Dean um, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and then the MMA thing kind of uh, kind of happened on the on the road so um, I, I was always able to fight I grew up in a, in a, in a tough area um, where you had to be able to fight you know and, and you, you probably had a little scuffle every, every day to be honest yeah. so um, I had I had the idea of understanding what it felt like when you're walking towards a fight and your mouth's starting to go and you know what's going to happen. Um, you can kind of get, you get a little, I won't say more comfortable. It's never as comfortable as you want it to be, but you start realising, right, it's going down. It's not just talk anymore, you know? So, and then with MMA, I was able to like, you when you accept in a fight um, and then you're moving towards it, there's this, there's this little uncomfortable, flirtatious feeling going on inside you and it's, um, and that's it. I lived for that. That was, that was my drug for sure. Well, I remember probably the first time 
I, I actually remember I met you and I was actually in the Regency Hotel. I think it was a battle zone. It was the first time I actually met you in person. I was like, is that Teddy Hoonan? Huh? You weren't running out of it now? No, 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 not, not this occasion, not on this occasion. But I, 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 it was actually quite funny because I wanted to say hello to you. Well, we sort of had a brief hello, but like we were both in the jacks. I always find it's weird to say hello to someone in the jacks, you know what I mean? So uh, it's one of those things. But uh, what's called, anytime I've ever seen you since that, you've always been very pleasant. You're, you're always a pleasant guy. You say hello to everyone. You have time for everyone. And I think that made you sort of a hero amongst the Irish people. I know you don't like that sort of that moniker but at the end of the day like you're such a likable guy you're you're one of us and i think that's what really makes people re- relatable and your ufc career it was sadly cut short due to your sort of health health issues but like it started off with such a bang um when you fought in the ufc dublin i know you're on the ultimate fighter first but uh when you started off your ufc debut in the three arena you were the curtain jerker and I actually thought you had one of the hardest fights of the night uh, against Sampo, because Sampo was like a hard-nosed, mostly wrestler. And I was like, Jesus, I go, Paddy's in for a rough one here. And then you went out there, and you kicked off what was known as the takeover. Yeah. Tell us about that, <laughs> hey man, it could, have been, it could have been Godzilla with a baseball bat out there, I'm telling you. I went <laughs> out there and flattened him that day. Um. There's something about that arena when, when you, it's like when you plug it into yourself or something like that that it just it amplifies you, you know. Um, it's the dressing room has a lot to do with um, what's going on in the fight, and if fear fear can be like your first battle there, you know. So um, I felt really sharp there. Um, I always talk about the chimp paradox. So we talk about like um, there's a there's a chimp inside you. It's a, it's a, I can't remember the professor who wrote the book, but it's it's a, it's a book. It's incredibly, uh, it's an incredible book. I've been looking for, a, looking at it, looking researching it for a good while now. But there's a, a part in you that just wants to run away, or he wants to just, he wants you to make a decision. And the human, um, it's just he's the the normal dude inside you. So to me, when you get to the door, getting to the door in the tree arena, it was like looking across the room at my chimp, and the both of us were on a perfect like equilibrium. We both knew what was going to happen. We weren't fighting with each other. He wasn't pulling me one way, and I wasn't pulling him the other way. We were ready. And when I walk out, it was kind of felt like I was on like like on a skateboard. Nearly. <laughs> you know, I know it sounds weird, but um, I was going out there to get the first win, the UFC win on Irish soil. And um, the last time we had stood there, I was sitting in the crowd watching Tom Egan making that walk, and like to be making it, and then like you're walking as like. I knew, I was aware of this. This is a dream. Like this is something that if you can accomplish this right here, right now, yeah. when it comes back to you being 60, 70 years of age or your deathbed or whatever, Paddy, this moment is going to be something that you've accomplished that. So I knew that I was never able to get beaten at that arena. It could have been anybody that night. Yeah. Did you feel extra pressure going out like knowing that you were first and that you were almost like setting the benchmark? Or I never was it just really... oh, okay, yeah, go on. No, we're good. Go. Yeah, or or like, or did that even affect you? Or was just like, here, this is all me. I'm gonna go out and just do it for me. Um, that I just, I just when I'm there, it's in my face. You can see it. My my girlfriend knows it. My family knows it. When I'm there and I'm walking out, it's like, it's just like it's like my face turns off or something. But all the muscles don't work. Um, so even when I look at the photograph, I can know when I was there or when I wasn't there. Even in my old younger fights, um. So I never really felt pressure, you know. To me, I was going out there to do a job. I'm not walking out thinking, like, oh, if we don't win and this happens, then that 
happens. It's just, it's bliss. It's one of these moments where you just focus on the moment. You don't think about the aftermath. Uh, you don't think about before. You don't think about in between it. You just think about that moment and each individual moment as it goes on in the fight. And I think that's, that's good advice uh, to give a young fighter as well. Like, some people will be talking about, when I win, I'm going to jump up in the cage and all. To me, that would scare me when I hear one of my lads saying that or one of my girls saying that, that, that could be, you know, because uh, you need to be, it's fight, or, it's fight or fully, it's fight or pilot moment. You need to be, it's, you know, like in a, what's it, a, a dog fight, is it? Mm. A dog fight, you're just, you're just thinking about that other plane and moving and little movements and if you make the wrong movement, you're gone. You don't have time or thoughts for after that moment. So, and I, I, I apply that to a lot of life. I remember, I remember after the fight, Paddy, you were walking around the arena as if you were a fan. And like, I remember me and one of my mates got a photograph with you and you're like, I'm just trying to get a cup of tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. You haven't even changed. They're with the same cup of tea from all back then. <laughs> that sounds like me already, Paddy. <laughs> you know one of my fondest Paddy, uh, Paddy Hoolan moments? Do you remember when you are on the Ariel Hawani show and he was like trying to like show you all the teas and be like, do you like this tea? Do you like this tea? And I was like, he actually just doesn't get it. It, like he didn't, he didn't get that. It was like this is just like Lions or Barry's tea to Irish people, and that's it. There is no other teas. <laughs> was this the yeah. bo- in Boston? Was that in Boston? No, that was that was the one after that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. He, he thought he thought he was being so smart about it. And it was like he's just gonna say no to all these teas. <laughs> when I said that um, tea over in like the state, oh, that was green tea that he was mad about. Like, I'm like, no green tea. Other than we met, we met, met a couple of green tea. You know, so why would you? It's Lions and Barney's, but that's a that's a, geora- a geographical matter, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lions for the dubs and then Barry's for the country people. <laughs> that's that's what they say. Oi, um, yeah. I'm down for whatever I have to say. We've never really disclosed that, but uh, we, we drink a Barney's or a Lions, but rather a Lions, to be honest. When you're away, you can taste the difference, don't can't you? Uh, Paddy, yeah, but you know what, Paddy? I used to be all about the Lions, but then I find out Barry's is actually an Irish product, an Irish owned, and then Lions isn't anymore. We've heard this. I was trying to get a spot. Yeah. <laughs> the ages we was. Yeah, so I was drinking the berries now. I was barking up the wrong tree. I think we sacked them myself, to be honest. Uh, McGrath's yeah. as well. See that McGrath's yeah. tea? Yeah, that's get not bad now. That's not bad gear. That's all right now. Is that a cube or a triangle, isn't it? That's a bleeding oxo. That's okay. an oxo. <laughs> <laughs> no, the McGrath's are circular tea bags, aren't they? Oh, yeah, right. they're El Valdi and they're little. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah they, did, they do the job. Buddy, here, here, I have a question for you here, right? What way do you make a perfect cup of tea? Because myself and Ross are making two separate ways, so one of us is, needs to be sent to jail. Yeah, here's a matter. It's a matter thing. You're the second person to ask me that today. All right, so how do you do, Paddy? <laughs> You're the second person to ask me that. <laughs> True. I was. I was the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the tour then, the tour person today. <laughs> right, give us, give us the lowdown. Boil the, boil the kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Put the bag in the bottom. Yeah. Pour water on the bag. So you got to wet the bag, yeah. right? And then you put the sugar. So we take one uh, teaspoon of sugar, heap of it, and we pour yeah. it into the hot water because it melts on the way down. And then the milk lasts. Then I would store it. Yeah. If you put the milk in front, you just uh, forced. You just go straight to jail. Barry, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Do you pour the, the milk in with the tea bag in it? It's called infusion. Yeah. <laughs> See. Pour and then you give it a little drop of milk and you watch it, it's magic. I used to put videos on the Instagram of it. It's magic. Oh. It's called a few. I said to Ross, he makes it with the, he pours the milk on top of the, the, the rest of it. But I take the tea bag out and then pour the milk in. 
Oh, so what happens if you're what happens if you pour too much milk in? Yeah, no, oh, you can tell by the colour. No, no, you need leave. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, keep it keep it keep keep it clean, Paddy. Keep it clean. Paddy, uh, tell us this. Uh how did the book come about? Was that something you always wanted to do, or did someone approach you with the book idea, or what way did that go down? Um The Hooligan, yeah. available online from Eason's right now. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying, but like that, like when I read that book back, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, like I, that's a cracker. <laughs> what yeah. I wanted to do was like, make a good book. You know what I mean? I didn't want to have a book that was just like I've read books where you're like, mm. I could have not read that, you know. But I wanted to make a book that like where you read it and you put it down, and you were like, "We're going to need to tell him." Like, <laughs> mm. that's a good book. And like some people, that the main thing was to make sure that people could understand that anybody can do it. My story from start from the start, if you read it to the end, it's like, right, if you start above that, you have no excuses. You can make it. You know what I mean? And that, that was a huge part of it. To be able to, like, I don't know, I know, I know it was me as a kid, I used to have this little insecurity in me. Maybe uh, um, we grew up in a single parent household, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know whether stuff comes with that, you know? You miss milestones or something, and you can feel it a bit, I don't know, insecure at times, and that can go into your adulthood. Um, I used to be real particular about my clothes as a kid. I used to make sure my clothes were always fresh and like, like you know what I mean? I tried to keep like, I used to wash my hats with two brushes and wash my runners and stuff like that and all. And if somebody said to me like, like the state your runners, you scruff or something, <laughs> that would hate me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't know, and it just, I don't know why, but um, I want. I don't know whether that is still around as kids now. It seems like it's probably even worse because when I look at it now, we can really see it from the outside. It's like, you know, you can recognise it. So we kind of want yeah, well, to... I think, I think everyone's going around with like the Gucci gear now and the Canadian Goose jackets, you know what I mean? But that's, that's, that's camouflage in a way, you know what I mean? It's for, what, for what I'm saying in a way. Oh, he was kind of different what Gucci was, but I can really see that now. So uh, you, you don't fit in if you don't have the gear. or like Sometimes the clothes make people yeah. feel good. And what I'm trying to say is that when, when I wrote the book, I wanted people to understand that. Look, I talk about that insecurity as a kid and, and how we could have understood it and, and grown past it. I wanted people that are probably in this moment now to pick up the book, read it, and go, oh, fuck, that's me. And maybe realise that they're not on their own and they're not, they're not the only one that feels like that, you know? So uh, that was the main target with the book. But the book came about with... Um, um, my manager from One Hit Management um, sat down me, him, um, and Richie Barrett from Pundit Arena. And we said, this, this, like, Paul, Paul knows the story, the manager, mm. you know what I mean? He was like, listen, you've got to do a book. Yeah, we've met Paul a few times. Lovely fella. Oh, Paul's bang on, I'm telling you, Paul's, oh, don't tell him I said that, actually. Put that out. Put that out. Put that out. Paul's out for it. Yeah, Paul's the sound guy. Paul's bang on he is. Um, yeah. So he sat down with uh, Richie Barrett from Pundit Arena and we just start mingling with the story and then me and Richie went up for hours, like sometimes six hours at a time and like we came up with a stack of like a story this size, you know what I mean? And then like, you got to bring it all down and then Gil came on board and um, and published it and pushed it and stuff like that. And yeah, it was good. You know what I mean? It was, it was a great experience. It's like a, we don't know, pay therapy or something like that. That's what Richie was saying. It was good to get a lot of stuff out of my chest and, and clear up a lot of stories as well. You know, we cleared up a lot of, like a lot of situations happened in my life when I went left mm. and stuff like that. So uh, people are like, what happened there? But no one ever wants to ask you. And uh, sometimes people make decisions based on what maybe they think. So yeah. uh, it was good to find out a few things and, and uh, get off the chest, you know. Would that be one of your proudest achievements? I want Would that be one of your proudest achievements with the book? 
Like I'm sure you have uh, multiple ones. Nah, me, me two boys, man. Me two boys. Uh, and me proudest achievements for sure. Uh, the rest is all just it's all bollocks, to be honest. <laughs> 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 Outside that, it all is, you know, uh, but it's a great achievement, absolutely. Look, I'll be, and I'll be dead and gone, and in 200 years, hopefully some Houlihan kid peels that out and, you know, reads it, and it's like, the legacy goes on. My, my, my name goes back to, like, the year 200 in Ireland. You know, so, we've been here for a while. And, Paddy, come here, tell us the No Shame podcast. It's, uh, it's been a great business venture of yours. Uh, you've had loads of multiple, like, fantastic guests on the show, but who's your favourite guest you've ever had on the show? I'll have to correct you there. Business venture is the wrong word because we have, to this day, took zero from the No Shame podcast. All right? We say no to sponsorships. We just, we just, we just rock on. It's me and Robin. Um, so Robin, Robin's amazing. He is. So Robin's the producer. Um, he do, he does. He's the brains of the work. But yeah. um, we make, we don't make anything from the podcast. The podcast was created to literally. Okay, terrible business adventure. Terrible <laughs> business adventure. Yeah. Uh, it, it cost me probably about three or four hours a week, you know, and it gives me a platform that not only that, that I can give to people that for charities, for for all sorts of stuff. And some of these people that want the room say, I don't know, a hundred miles in ten minutes or something like that. You know, we want to listen to him. We want to talk yeah. to him. You know, so um that I've I've used fascination with that educating myself with these people. So I I'll be the force to say it, especially in, in politics and, and also I'm not, I'm not, I don't I don't know a lot. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beginner in the politics thing, you know, maybe I'm a blue belt mm. now in politics, but um, I try to get people into the studio to educate not only me, but other people, and to open out discussion. It's hard to have discussion these days. It's the rarest thing possible around now. You can't have discussion. That's right. So, I have discussions where I, I don't know what's going on sometimes in my thoughts. We have 10 thoughts going on. You know, look ourselves and you're like, what do we think of that? And some annoying with the ability to change my mind. So there's times where we've had a view and then someone has said something to me and I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense and I look at it a different way. Or, And then on, with the ability to change, I'm just trying to be the, the best human there is out there, you know? So the, it's nearly like a learning process for me with the podcast as well. Yeah. But the best guest we've had, that's the long answer to your question, would probably have to be, probably Jerry Adams was there. Oh, Jerry yeah. Adams. Big Jerry Awa. Big scalp. Big scalp. Big scalp. And Jerry, like Jerry Adams is an amazing man as well. Like in the way of a, uh, when we sat there at the start of the podcast, Jerry sat there and he wasn't really talking too much. He was just saying, all right, okay, all right, okay. Me and Robin were a little bit nervous because we were thinking, really, this podcast is just going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And start, bang, Jerry, like starts going, telling, start, just storytelling, you know what I mean, in a way. Um, that's what the Irish are good for, isn't it? Oh, that's what we're known for. Um, we, it, I won't say the second best guest I had because we've had loads and like, there's there's some amazing ones in there. But um, I had a guy named Muta on, so Mo out of the Outlaws. So okay. he used to roll with Tupac back in the day, you know. So he was uh, came up with Tupac, telling the stories about like uh, Tupac called him into his room uh, a week before he died and put all his jewelry out on the table. I said, pick anyone you want, Mo. You know, I actually there's actually a, a thing on my Instagram which just shared as a story part from it. Um, Mo's parents were killed when he was a kid, when he was in the house, so they were murdered while he was there. And him and his brother were left there in the house for 24 hours with his parents' bodies. Jesus. Um, 
Like so, he was he was really sort of now he's he's had to convert into Islam now, and he's one of the most inspirational lads that you'll ever talk to. He's he, he has such an insight, you know what I mean? And like, um, I'm not really religious at all, but but sometimes he posts some stuff up, and um, he's, he, I'm like, oh, that's that's a that little way of life of what he's just talking about there. You can see how how the goodness shines through that, you know what I mean? So um, I can see where it comes from in him. Yeah. He was a good, amazing guest. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Well, there's one thing I think we can all agree on is like doing doing podcasts. The people you get to meet and chat to, and it's something that never existed before, and it's unbelievable that we can do it. You know, it's very important. Paddy, um, just to sort of sum up your MMA career, just because we haven't talked too much about it. You know what I mean? Uh, you made that walk in Dublin. Um, I know you went over. You lost uh, in Canada, but you made 50 Gs over. Uh, you won in Boston. I think you won in Glasgow. And then your sort of swan song was Dublin. You headlined against Louis Smoke. It didn't go your way, but no better place to bear out in front of your hometown. I know you didn't know at the time it was your um, bear out moment, but is UFC Dublin the first for yourself? Was that your defining moment of your career? That would always be my best moment of my career, no matter what would have happened. I think if we had a, went on to win a belt or anything like that, that would have been the best moment. Like, that moment of my life was literally, like, if, if you probably read my book, I don't know if you have, but it was life or death for me with that, at that moment. Like, that's re, that's, like, if I was watching a film, that's what I would expect to, 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 to the story to play out like, you know? Like, I had... I was in, like, I came from depression before that. I was depressed on the mallet I was after the ultimate fire. At the time, I didn't even know it. Kind of only discovered it over the last few years that it was just in this dark place. Stuff that I found that I wrote when I was doing research for the book and all, I was like, whoa, that was dark. You know what I mean? Um, I was broke. And I had, I had a, a, a disc problem. My back would slip me disc with two surgeries. Uh, one of them, I did it. I made it all the way back. I was doing well again. And then I slipped the disc again. Like the failure was just coming at me in waves. And I was like, I'm never going to make it, you know, never. And then, and, then, and then that chance came. So to me, that was like, really, everything you've done is for this moment. And to be like, stand there in that moment after getting that win and let it just fall off your body to just be like, you know what? This is it. This is that. That's really what I'm made of. It's a uh, never give up. You know what I mean? So uh, that that was probably that would have been my, my my best moment, regardless. But um, what was the what was the other side of the question? That that, that was that was the, that was the whole question. That was the whole question. What was your best moment? Uh, you know what, Paddy? The, the, the last double moment where 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 it came to a main event and stuff like that. Mm. And all of, this was, was, I just went into fight. I loved fighting. That was it. Like, to me, I wasn't really thinking about the uh, the results or the opponents or anything like that. I was just going for it, you know? Like, bite down on your gum shield, roll up your fists, and you get to fight some legally. Like, it's amazing. Fairness, Paddy, that sort of sums up the character you are. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're such like a blue-collar guy. You, you work hard, um, you care about those around you, and like, that's why the people of Ireland love Paddy the Hooligan Hooligan. <laughs> cheers, yeah. cheers. Um, but when you are doing that, sometimes people that do that they come across with a tough attitude in a way. Look, like where I don't know, like so, say Clay Guida or Diego Sanchez or something like that. They, I wasn't. I was the. I was trying to be clever as well. You know what I mean? I wasn't going in there just to stand there and mm. bang to your drops. I was going in there to to, to outsmart you. You know what I mean? And put the chess player. Yeah, yeah, and choke you. You know what I mean? And that was it to me. If you choke someone, that's it. Mm. It's done. Uh, yeah, we, we actually we had Ian Gary on our podcast the other night. Do you know Ian Gary? He's in Cage Warriors. 
Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he was saying he was saying that like if he actually he was like the knockouts for the fans, but he was like if I can actually choke someone, that means I'm better than them. So he always prefer getting submission. I think it was Eddie Bravo said this in a way of was Eddie Bravo maybe I'm giving him the wrong credit for it, but he said um, it, on on a battlefield the thing about jujitsu is the thing about boxing is so you are uh, karate sports or whatever you drop someone and that and that's it like it's it's over. But in in, in jiu-jitsu or in, in, in the submission quit as part of it you've literally died that day so apart from the, the, the tap mm. which is mercy you know what I mean so to, to me that's the when I was going out there that's how I know it sounds like mental but I never knew whether it was going to be my last one or which way it was going to go you know yeah. I just knew it was in a place in my life um, my, I'd, I'd already had a kid I was I was I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm just going for it. This is life in a way. Whatever happens, happens. Balls to the wall, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. just going for it. Like, and, and unfortunately, I would have been still going for it. If we had been like, I don't know, we're in a place in the world. I know it's about like looking after yourself and safety and stuff like that. But look where we are now. We're in, we're in, a, mm. we're in a pandemic now at the moment, you know? like uh, There's many people going to die. There's many people that have died. And mm. it's, it's so sad, you know? So like, you should, I should have been allowed to live my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we never know. Like, um, say for fighters out there now, the equivalent of what has happened now, where the world has just stopped. There's no fighting. There's no MMA. We don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, where we're at with it. If somebody had said to me on that day, like you have to retire, that's that's the feeling I got. But it's mm. forever. You know, it's forever. So it's a, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Um, and I was like. I don't know, watching your mate drinking cans or something and you're on the wagon or something <laughs> well look what you achieved after Paddy like even like mm. obviously being elected uh, the book uh, you open up your own gym as well like I mean look yeah, Paddy, your, your, your journey has been you know ne- next level and we appreciate you bringing us, bringing us on it it's been a phenomenal journey and you know you're an absolute credit to the Irish people uh we love supporting you uh, on all your future ventures. Um, thanks a million for coming on. Barry, have you anything that honour? No, Paddy, I just want to thank you. And uh, like myself and Ross really do enjoy your podcast as well. So for people who haven't checked out Paddy's podcast, make sure you do because the guests have been sensational. And buy the book, the hooligan. And buy the Who book. This week we have doctors on it, boys. Watch this. Brilliant. We'll be, we'll be very interested. Okay. Paddy, thanks a million. Yeah. And as always... Stay, Stay energized. energized. <laughs> <laughs> Look at <laughs> you.